Hello there, friend. This is Jerry Tyson in The Beacon's Light. Is the next Great Awakening around the corner? Find out in the book Final Fire by Tom Horn, Larry Spargimino, and Donna Howe. As today's world becomes more desperate, the world is inadvertently moving toward another Great Awakening. Get your copy of Final Fire by calling 1-800-652-1144. That's 1-800-652-1144. Or order online, swrc.com. That's swrc.com. Have you heard someone say, I can't believe all that has happened in one year's time? For that matter, you probably said it yourself. This past year plus has been an incredible roller coaster ride starting at normal, whatever that is, and racing downward to totally abnormal. A pandemic emergency has been useful in disrupting any semblance of normal. When we look back in Scripture, we find an incident that was rather similar in that it had no precedent. It is recorded in Acts chapter 1. By that time, for those who had witnessed what were to them recent events and that we now read in Scripture, there was no doubt that Jesus was the divine Son of God. No one else had done miracles like he had, and no one else had of his own power raised from the dead. What they didn't yet understand was that he was about to leave them in a rather spectacular fashion. So in Acts 1, we find Jesus' last-minute instructions before he left his followers. He said in Acts 1, verses 6 through 8, When they therefore were come together, they asked of him, saying, Lord, wilt thou at this time restore again the kingdom to Israel? And he said unto them, It is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father hath put in his own power. But ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost is come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. Those were his final words before ascending. The dynamic of uncertainty, no date specific, but a definite promise with a commission. Imagine yourself on the Mount of Olives as one of the crowd watching what happened next. In Acts 1, 9 through 11, it says, When he had spoken these things, while they beheld, he was taken up, and a cloud received him out of their sight. And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel, which also said, Why stand ye gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus, which is taken up from you into heaven, shall so come in like manner as ye have seen him go into heaven. Gazing, indeed, open-mouthed and dumbfounded gawking would probably be closer to the truth. Let's back up and consider one phrase in verse 7. It is not for you to know 
the times or the seasons. That was Jesus' answer to the question of when he would take control and when all prophetic plans not yet fulfilled from ages past would culminate. Then he disappeared into the clouds. The two men in white, most likely angels, promised he would return as he had gone, but they didn't give a date. That reinforced Matthew 24:36, spoken shortly before he was crucified. But of that day and hour knoweth no man, no, not the angels of heaven, but my Father only. Consider also the words of Paul in 1 Thessalonians 5, 1 through 3. But of the times and the seasons, brethren, ye have no need that I write unto you. For yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so cometh as a thief in the night. For when they shall say, Peace and safety, then sudden destruction cometh upon them as travail upon a woman with child, and they shall not escape. Three statements. But of that day and hour knoweth no man. It is not for you to know the times or the seasons, and, but of the times and the seasons, brethren, ye have no need that I write unto you. A quick glance reading might cause confusion. So, let's see if we can remove that confusion and get clarity. Three different occasions, two different speakers. The first was Jesus telling his disciples of the plan overview for the future ages and what to look for and expect. The second was spoken to the same disciples, plus others, as he was ready to leave earth. Those disciples would not know the specifics. They didn't need to. They wouldn't be involved in his return, which would come after their earthly lives by a considerable period of time. Paul, however, is following up on the verses of the previous chapters he had written. Note 1 Thessalonians 4, 13 through 18 through 5, 11. Not much of what we have today as scripture was written and even less was copied and distributed by that time. So he was clarifying the sequence of the future for those who would be involved. He was quelling the fears of the newer believers who were already being led astray by false teachers. He was giving the work order to future followers of Christ until his return, which we today believe will be soon. With all of that as prologue, let's return to Matthew 24, 3, and the question that started it all. And as he sat on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came unto him privately, saying, Tell us, when shall these things be, and what shall be the sign of thy coming, and of the end of the world? As part of what is called the Olivet Discourse, please read Matthew 24 and 25 as they outline events that will be included in the tribulation, a terrible seven years on earth period, while we who are believers will be with Jesus in heaven, not on earth enduring that time. Jesus is giving indications to look for, ways to know when his return is getting close. Using a familiar object lesson, he points to a fig tree and basic biology. See tree. See leaves. It's summertime. Logic 101. 
During a generation that was still future at that time, Jesus promised the culmination of all prophecy, indicating the level of accuracy of Scripture in that while heaven and earth will pass away, His Word will not. Our title is Four Steps to Blessing. We could say we need just one step and call it read and obey the Word of God. But the steps found in Matthew 24, 42 through 46, are where we will focus our more detailed attention. Watch, therefore, for ye know not what hour your Lord doth come. But know this, that if the good man of the house had known in what watch the thief would come, he would have watched and would not have suffered his house to be broken up. Therefore be ye also ready, for in such an hour as ye think not, the Son of Man cometh. Who then is a faithful and wise servant, whom his Lord hath made ruler over his household, to give them meat in due season? Blessed is that servant, whom his Lord, when he cometh, shall find so doing. Follow the progression of those verses. Like the watchman on the wall of our past, our command is to be watching for danger. Our first step, actually a command, is to be watching, watching with the expectation of something of great importance. We are commanded to know or anticipate the potential for danger to those we love and others around us can be spared the problems that lurk to harm us. Be ready. We need to have our defenses prepared in advance, have needed supplies, and make whatever preparations are required so we will not be caught by surprise. Be faithful. The rich master of an estate usually had a steward whom he trusted to keep things running smoothly. He was the boss over the other servants and employees, making sure all needs were met. When the master was away for business, it was this trusted steward that acted in his place. He was trusted with everything. It was a position of great authority and responsibility. When the master was away, he didn't have computer or cell phone communications. He would say, I'm going to be away on business for a while. Take care of things until I return. It couldn't be any more ambiguous than that. While he was away, the steward paid the bills, made sure the pantry was stocked, and did everything the master would have done if he were there. When the master of the house finally returned, most likely without being expected at the time he arrived, he expected things to be fully under control, as if he had never been gone, and his commendation or blessing would be on that servant. Now, each of us needs to put ourselves in the place of that steward because that is what we are in today's world. We are handling the Lord's business by sharing the gospel of salvation to a lost and dying world. But there is an added dynamic today. It is clear that time is running out. The political climate has become so poisonous in America and other parts of the world that we are finding it more difficult to witness to friends about God's plan for their eternal future. The general news media has been very quiet about the stories it should be covering and beating the drums for those that fit the current agenda of Satan's plan. 
there are already legal constraints against biblical teaching beginning to be moved in place in many parts of the world, notably in Canada at this time. After the rapture of believers to heaven, we know there will be more and serious opposition for those who come to believe in Jesus during the tribulation. What we know with no ambiguity is that we are commanded to be watching, knowing, or aware, to be ready and faithful to the tasks before us. Matthew 25:13 repeats the earlier command with a second dynamic. Watch therefore, for ye know neither the day nor the hour wherein the Son of Man cometh. When the Son of Man cometh is another way of saying when Jesus calls his followers home and the barriers to the devil's deceit are lifted for seven years of hell on earth. Whom do you know that will be left behind when Jesus comes? Wouldn't today be a good day to plead with them to be with us when the Lord comes? We have no way of knowing what else will happen in the days ahead of us. We may be here longer than we expect, but all indicators are that there is nothing remaining in prophetic scriptures that need to be fulfilled. That means, as the song says, Jesus is coming soon, morning, or night, or noon. Being serving, watchful, and waiting is a really good idea right now. What do you think? In the Beacon's Light is a production of Beacon Street Media. Feel free to contact us at www.swrc.com. This is Jerry Tyson reminding you that when we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his Son, cleanseth us from all sins.